to another episode of the Encore Podcast. Chris here, and Gabby has managed to secure not only one of Philadelphia's most renowned chefs, but the country's most renowned chefs, Mark Vetri, uh, originally of Vetri Cucina at 13th and Spruce in Center City, Philadelphia, has expanded his empire all the way out to Las Vegas, where he just reopened uh, one of his uh, out there, the Vetri Cucina in the Palms Casino Resort, sure just, did. just reopened last month after, I think, being, uh, you know, suffering from the shutdown that most of Vegas had during the pandemic. So uh, how did you do that, Gab? I mean, I asked the question and we were lucky enough that Mark's uh, people and Mark himself said yes. So we've been really looking forward to this interview since we reached out and scheduled it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm just laughing because, you know, you go to a, you know, a really fancy restaurant and pizza is what comes to mind. So, you know, that, well, of course, you know, that's one of Mark's strengths, you know, making pizza. He wrote a cookbook on it, right? He did. It was called Mastering Pizza. It does live in my parents' house. Um, I've seen the many pages inside because I myself have tried making pizza at Mark's direction uh, through the book, not in real life. I think it's really cool because I think you know, people often ask us about the best place to get a cheesesteak in Philadelphia, really anyone from Philadelphia. That's the number one question. And I would say cheesesteak is not a thing that you can really capture in the way that we do it natively in other cities across the country. And I, I kind of feel that way about Mark's cooking. Like he really has captured a way to make pizza into something that's very high end um, and still accessible at the same time, which I think is super cool. And he doesn't use uh, like 18 karat gold flakes. No, like, not at all. <laughs> you should think about it though. Mark, have you considered using those 18 karat gold flakes? I hear that they might be a better topping for a vegetable than some other things. <laughs> all right, we'll get into that too. Uh, obviously, we've already recorded the interview you're about to hear <laughs> that we've been alluding to. So what do you say we get to it? Mark Vetri is coming up next on the Encore podcast. We uh, wanted to start off this interview because aside from some of the best food in Philly that I have eaten at your restaurants, um, I would say that people would know you most recently from your episode on Somebody Feed Phil, which just released its new season on Netflix. So I have been watching that show pretty much since season one, season two, and it was so much fun to see you on there. I mean, like the fact that they did a Philly episode was super fun, but it was great to see you on there too. Um, I was hoping that you could talk to us a little bit about that and how you came to a decision on what you wanted to highlight on the episode. Well, it was, I mean, honestly, like it was more or less what I wanted to highlight, more more what they wanted to highlight you know they they say we want this 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 and this so you know we we obviously say whatever you want phil you know um but yeah that was awesome i'm i'm so happy that they that, you know we you know we got to highlight the city and um you know he really i mean he really loves it here i mean his wife monica's from here and everything and uh we had met uh years ago in uh Los Angeles at you know the Alex's Lemonade events out there yeah probably 12 years ago 13 years ago something like that and you know he's been stopping in at, you know he's he's eating at the you know the restaurants a lot um he's eating at the Vegas restaurants um 
and he's you know just a wonderful 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 guy and, uh, was, was, was that shot at fiorella in the italian market yeah 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 he wanted you know, he wanted to shoot there because you know we you know that's kind of the the newer restaurant and you know vetri has had so many things there you know like like over the last uh 25 since 1998 so you know we just kind of figured we would sort of highlight the other restaurant you know mark one of the things in watching the the episode was that kind of struck me and 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 tell me how you feel about this they sort of at least to me it seemed like they sort of concentrated on the grittier aspects of the city in terms of uh rather than the high-end eating establishments it felt real south philly italian to me the whole thing a lot of stuff in there you know he's he did knock. He did Shola. You know, I mean, obviously Michael, my, my, Michael Solomonoff. I mean, you know, he has some pretty high end. The Zahav restaurant is actually, you know, super high end also. But um, yeah, I mean, he just went with I think folks who he thought really represented us. You know, really, really well. And um, I, I mean, it was awesome. And. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're they're actually, you know, now that I'm actually thinking about it, there 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 was a lot of South Philly stuff, you know. <laughs> I didn't even really think about it, you know, like that. But um, yeah, yeah. Did, did you grow up in South Philly? Where did you grow up? I know. No, I'm, from I'm you know from 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 Northeast Abington, but um, my father's family's from uh, you know Seventh and League, so I was you know sort of raised there. We were there every Saturday, Sunday, Seventh and League, running running through the markets, you know through the alleys down there so that was you know my my home you know Fiorello where I am now it's kind of you know super surreal to be there because of you know when I was like eight years old nine years old 11 years old 13 I was always just running around there um you know so it's now that I actually own that and uh it's like almost like I'm you know sort of reliving that way back moment of you know my life I want to go back a little bit in your story something I really admire about you is the fact that you are so the way you talk about Philly and the food scene and how you've sort of become part of this like revival of the city and you know putting it on the map for a place for like foodies to go like has been pretty phenomenal and I say that as someone that lives in New York City where you know like I'm I I mean the food up here is obviously amazing but I feel like I'm constantly surrounded by people who are saying like Los Angeles New York like those are the places to go get food and I feel like Philly really falls off um I know that you spend some time out in Los Angeles learning how to cook. Um, I was wondering if you could talk to us about that and then your eventual um, migration over to study cooking in Italy, because what an amazing opportunity that must have been. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think I've learned, you know, you know, how to make uh, my my style of food when I was living out out in L.A. I mean, I I actually sort of, I think, learned more what um, what 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 I didn't like. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I certainly learned a lot just as like far as running a restaurant, you know, that was that was my, so I was out there from 1990 to 1993 ish, you know, four ish. And, uh, and that's where I kind of learn you know, how to make a stock, how to like slice a fish, how to make a sauce, all of that. This is a ladle, this is a whisk, how to, you know, how to work a line station. You know, and that's where I sort of learned that stuff working, you know, for uh, um, obviously work for Wolfgang. Um, and that was awesome. You know, when when I worked for 
for him, this this was obviously the early the, the early nineties, and that was when he was like you know in the restaurants every night, you know, working right right next to us, and you know just having that and listening to his uh, stories and watching him work the line and just kind of seeing how he loved the the restaurant and he loved like just to you know working and you know making food was was just really amazing you know to watch um you know so in that aspect you know i actually learned a lot out there um but as far as like the stylistic of uh you know that food in the early 90s it was just not anything that i liked it was not anything that i like related to um so after three or four years out there i was like i really got to get out of here um and then obviously i you know was able to meet someone you know in los angeles who knew like of a restaurant in italy that they they were allowing stages and you know and they had like rooms and you know you could just kind of go there and you know just kind of work and you know whatever happened obviously those you know the early 90s was like super easy you know you, you bought a one-way flight and you just kind of got lost in italy whereas you know kind of illegal but you know, <laughs> you know um there were many many uh mornings where where i had to hide in the walk-in while the uh <laughs> you know the guys were there you know searching and you know looking for i mean you know it, it, it was a whole thing <laughs> um nowadays you could never just kind of head over to italy you know, without a visa and because everyone was asking me, you know, get a visa. I'm like, I'm not getting a visa. I'm just going to fly over there and work. And, you know, like I was lucky enough to be able to, you know, have that experience where you could just kind of hop over restaurants. I, um, you know, in two years over there, um, I think um, that I ended up working in about six different restaurants and, you know, went over to um, Spain for a little bit, went over to France for a little bit, just kind of moved around, you know, so that was awesome. Have you, uh, do you watch, like, for example, we just, uh, my wife and I just watched a series on FX not too long ago called The Bear. Are you familiar Bear, with that? Yeah, yeah. Is, <laughs> now that was listed as a comedy. And I thought, wow, they kind of miscategorized uh, that because that was, that's, if it was a comedy, it was a black comedy because it was very, at times very dark is that the way it is on a line in a restaurant like that you know it's you know i have issues with a lot of these you know food restaurant shows because they always you know sort of show how hard it is and they always like show the chef yelling and you know freaking out and everybody walking out and you know i'm sure that happens but it wasn't what i saw like or how that. you conduct yourself, I would assume. No, not at all. I mean, I never like that's that's you know fun, and I actually I actually like the bear because it was less of a restaurant show and like just more of a really you know fun, thoughtful kind of like a real heartfelt story. But a lot of these movies that 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 actually happen that are you know there's, there's the chef yelling and you know throwing stuff and this is my food and all that <laughs> stuff i just never i don't it's just not anything that i've ever seen or liked or i've i have you know you know heard about chefs yelling but um you know i've always worked in you know very uh you know 
well-run organizations where you know this the chef wants to mentor you and to kind of show you things and you know when i worked in italy that's that's all i saw was was everybody just super like welcoming and you know so yeah i don't know i i have a love hate sort of you know relationship with uh movies like that and like writers also for that matter who like write articles about like you know how the industry needs to you know this needs to happen and like this this is a horrible thing and you know it's hard industry the mental health of this or that and it's like that's like that's just life you know that's that's not just the restaurant the restaurant industry it's yeah. it's it's across the board is what you're yeah saying. you know like yeah. low wages this and that like everyone's like everywhere there's low wages everywhere there's this everywhere there's that and you know we're we're we're, we're evolving like so many other industries are also and uh you know it's not that the restaurant industry is like horrible i want to just go back to you deciding to come back to america after you were done you know spending some time over in europe um when you came back did you know that you wanted to start setting up like restaurants and shops in philly or did you consider like maybe taking what you had learned and um you know trying a new domestic region when i had left Los Angeles I I sort of left all of my stuff in this locker there and you know I just I rented out something so I left you know my my vehicle there and all my clothes and all my records and all my you know stuff so I so went to Italy and then you know obviously I ran out of money so I, <laughs> I had to leave and um my stuff was there still and um you know so I flew back to LA and I just kind of started working you know doing like small events just kind of figuring things out and i uh landed this this you know sort of thing that was that was in alaska that's a whole nother story so but uh um but um after this and that and and an interview and and a meeting and this i ended up uh, moving to alaska for a year to open up a restaurant then after that i like um i ended up moving back to New York and sort of working there for two years and uh, about a year into the New York thing I was kind of starting to think about my own my my own restaurant and I was about 30 years old then and you know I, I was set on opening up something and um, you know so I was looking at New York and I was looking at it uh, you know obviously home Philadelphia and it just made more financial sense to open up here so Mark one I got to say one of the best meals I've ever had uh, was at your uh, Vetri Pacina on uh, Spruce Street, 13th and Spruce, Street. Yeah. That goes back 20 years the first time I was there. But I still remember that because it was the first time and I had heard so much about that, your restaurant. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when everything that you read from food critics and everything, you get this idea in your head and sometimes it doesn't quite work. But I got to say, you your place there at Thirteenth and, and Spruce just over, oh. over, over uh, achieved. Over delivered. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, what 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 you just kind of said is is really what what I sort of lecture, you know, uh, my you know all of my uh, my my staff here about, and it's always just like we're just making memory yeah we're making food yeah we're giving people service but in the end you know we're asking you to sort of celebrate your lives with us you know and then we're just kind of like saying you know to you like hey you're going to celebrate 
something with us and you know we're going to make it awesome for you so you know you you remember it you know for the rest of your life and yes it's about the food but it's not only about the food it's like you know the wine service the the welcoming in it's the the room the ambiance the little knickknacks the, the the silverware the surprises you know so that like you're saying to me like i remember mark I remember eating at your restaurant 20 years ago. That's a memory that I have. I mean, how many other fucking restaurants can you say that about? Where <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, I remember eating there 20 years ago. No, none. Like none. Like yeah. zero. <laughs> you know, so but then that's what it's all about. You know, like making the memory. You know, I just just make an effort to make sure everyone really, you know, can sort of wrap their wrap their head around that because it's like something really amazing that we're offering here and it's, you know, and like someone who just says, well, you know, you know, I mean, they're the restaurant. So you go there to eat. It's just, they're just missing like the whole, the whole sort of mission that you know, we're on. You know, what impressed me and uh, the, the, the folks I was with that night was the attention to detail. And we were all also made to feel very comfortable in your place. And it was, it's a high end. And, you know, a lot of us didn't consider ourselves everyday high end sure. diners, but yet we were all made to feel very comfortable. We had questions about the menu. We had questions about the, the wine selection and uh, to a person, everybody was just so gracious and so welcoming and great to hear the, the food was excellent too don't get me wrong but <laughs> no, it, of course the food's got to be good right of course the people the people actually yeah. also made it a memorable experience absolutely yeah that's, that's what it's all about and i would say that i think it's also gone one step further because you talk about the importance of having like a memory around food and my dad is a huge fan of your mastering pizza book he had wanted to learn how to make pizza for so long and then he just up and bought himself the book one day and I would say that was maybe, I don't know, five or six years ago. And he's been working at like, just trying to make it better, but he like uses awesome. that book as like a Bible. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, that's really, really nice to hear. And he does a pretty good job at it too. Yeah. Right? He's, say. He's, he's, he's mastered pizza. <laughs> so to speak. Well, he's come close. He's come yeah. Close. I don't know if he'd say he has mastered it just yet, well, but he's trying that's to None of us have, so don't worry about that. Uh, he has sent me pictures as well, because after I had a couple of his pizzas, you know, I felt like I could maybe try myself. So he's yeah. been gracious enough to share those directions with me that I reference every single time that I go to make a pizza at home. So was it your idea to write the book? Like, did you find that you were like, I don't want to use the word mastered because you just said like, we're all still learning to master, but did you feel yeah. like you I'm not had anything? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, we just, I really like, you know, sharing like the knowledge that I have and, you know, just kind of writing the books just uh, was, was, was just another avenue to, to figure that out, you know, so we did the, uh, the three mastering books, uh, the bread pizza and the noodles pasta. So, um, and they're, they're all doing really well. And uh, yeah, they're just like fun to have also, you know, you know, it's always nice to write a book, but they're really fun, sort of, sort of easy to use books, I think. Mm -hmm. I would definitely agree with that. We definitely want to touch on the Vetri Community Partnership. Um, mm -hmm. Could you explain to our listeners what, what that's about and where you got the idea to start that? Well, we, we actually started that. I mean, so we're about 16 years old, 17 years old now. Um, and, you know, you know, we started this event for, for Alex's Lemonade Stand <laughs> years ago, about two years earlier than that. 
and we were simply having issues running the event with Alex's, you know, because we obviously we had to run everything through them. So, you know, we were like, well, let's just kind of start our own foundation and then we'll run the event through us and then we'll just let them have all of the, the money, you know? So that was the, the initial thing. And then once we had like, you know, like, like everything like ready and like everything set, we're like, Oh, you know what? We have a foundation now, you know, we should sort of make something happen with it. And there was all that, this was, this was obviously like, you know, 16 years ago. So there was all this, like everything then was, was about uh, school lunches and how like horrible they were and how like they were just not healthy and, you know, this and that. And, you know, you know, we started looking into the Philadelphia school district and we realized it was a lot of the same stuff here, but even worse. And, and this is when I was kind of starting to have a family and, uh, you know, we just sort of started focusing the foundation on healthy school lunches um and we were in like you know several different schools you know helping out with their lunch programs and just kind of making them a little bit healthier and you know we were like running into some you know some of the school district the obstacles obviously which there there always are and you know we just you know started moving around to figuring out sustainable ways to move our mission forward you know but maybe not strictly focusing on like school lunch you know so we decided to really focus on just the the understanding of like you know the the healthy eating you know always leads to more of a you know healthier lifestyle and just kind of just giving you like skills for life you know like knife skills understanding food where vegetables come from and you know we just started to figure out all of these like after school programs the the labs you know where we do like a nine week you know like like an after school thing where we show folks different like vegetables different foods different this and you know how to make them how to roast how to use a knife and all that stuff and then we start and then we got these um mobile vans where we hit like farmers markets and we sort of highlight the vegetables that they have at the farmers markets and kind of just show folks hey this is squash you know and and here's five different recipes for it and here's how you slice it and here's how you roast and do all this stuff with it and then the results are you sell more vegetables when when we're there then we started going into the the, the medical schools and we you know started this thing culinary medicine for for fourth year medical students where we just kind of show them because they don't have medical school does not have any like nutrition lessons you know so they know you know a you know you have this issue you have high blood pressure you have diabetes you have this you know you ought to eat vegetables you know but they don't know how to say like hey here's recipes here's how you make things here's like certain vegetables that might be healthier for you you know so you know we're just kind of like you know we, we sort of look at our like 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 ourselves is like that missing link where they you know you can sort of you know move from this is a vegetable you're supposed to eat this and it's going to make you healthier to like hey here's fun ways you know to make it here's how to use a knife here's really what it's all about here's a whole bunch of recipes here's how to use other things you know so it's kind of like life life skills for life and uh you know we've been just kind of focusing on that and moving that forward for the last uh, 15 or so years you, you can lead a, a a child to a vegetable which can't make him eat it no you know, 
we had uh, an adult, you know, also. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it starts in childhood, though, I would think. Yeah. Although, there are things, vegetables I would never eat as a kid that I love now as an adult. You know, I remember when uh, our girls were young, in order to get them to eat broccoli, for example, we had to put ketchup on it, you know? So, you know, we got, without any real culinary skills, we took something that we know they like, and hopefully if we combine it with something we know they don't, maybe yeah. eat something that's good for them. Is that kind of the idea that you're talking about? Well, <laughs> broccoli with, the, with with that doesn't sound like a winning combination. It doesn't. <laughs> but we can make really nice things with vegetables that you might not like. And just the the look of, you know, afterwards when they eat it and they're like, wow, like I never ate this before and I really like this is, is just very uh, satisfying, you know? So that's really really what it's all about i really thought you were going to say that you put cheese on top of the broccoli a ketchup really no oh, yeah yeah that was a really bad example <laughs> <laughs> ketchup on broccoli hey, no. I, you know i gotta say it worked for a three hey, old, you know it worked for three whatever old worked. <laughs> whatever works we definitely want to make sure that we ask you um some fun questions about being from philly first of all how about them eagles how about That's them sixers good. oh that's one <laughs> Sixers are having some issues, but, you know, mm -hmm. working through them, you know. <laughs> um, but the Eagles, gosh, I mean, who would have thought that? The one right now, just amazing. They're just, and, you know, they've, they've you know, they've like squeaked by some games and the kind of, so, you know, and they've, and they've actually won others. But yesterday, they just look like, just, they're all just stoppable. They just look <laughs> just crazy awesome. I mean, I'm hoping, you know, I mean, 2017 was, uh, was an amazing year for us. And, uh, you yes, know, you know, we were there. I, um, you know, so I actually went to, uh, to, to Minnesota. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll actually show you something real quick. You'll get a laugh out. This was, uh, you know, because I go a little nuts, you know. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you guys know this. And um, so I was there. And... The, this was the minute that they won. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the minute. So, you know, the, the green beard, the you whole thing. A green beard, that's great. You know, I'm, you know, I've been waiting for that for what? 50, I was 53 then, so. You know, it was it was a magical moment. I was there, and that's all I can say about that. <laughs> you know, the uh, it, it, being a Philly sports fan, you know, you know, we kind of are long suffering. There's no doubt about that. And we also yeah. have this thing where no matter how good our team is, we just know, we just know that it's going to fall apart. At yeah, any yeah, point. yeah. We know. We yeah. just, it's just like we're eleven and one, but always, you know, I'm like thinking we're going to lose the next five games. <laughs> we're going to lose first round. You know, it's always in our heads. It's always in our heads. They lost that game to Washington. And I swear I've never seen so many people, like Eagles fans I know, with like the blood vessel in their head, just like yeah. fully. Yeah. Well, it was also was like, you know, the, the NFC, you know, you don't lose to Washington. You want to, mm -hmm. you don't lose, you know, to New York. And you certainly never want to lose to the Dallas Cowboys. So, oh, my know. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're already talking their smack for Christmas Eve. And I'm just like, oh my God. I know. can't hear you. <laughs> so what do you think? Uh, 
Trey Thomas, do you think, uh, is it Trey? No, Trey Turner. Uh, Trey oh, Turner. Yeah. Do you think uh, they're, they're going to get him? I know he's the one uh, that our right fielder designated hitter really wants to yeah. join the team. But I guess any four of them that they're considering as far as shortstop goes would be a, a real plus. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I actually, it's real interesting. Like, I was never, like, really into the Phillies much as just because it was not, you know, I'm like, the NFL, I like love and like the, the, the NBA, but then um, my, my son, my oldest son, you know, he got really, really into the Phillies, you know, for the last like three years, four years. So, I, you know, so I started, you know, you know, to watch them just for him. And like, now I'm like really into it. So, um, um, you know, that's exactly the opposite of what most people's experiences are. It's usually the father that gets you involved yeah. in the sports, you know, my son got me in, in really into like baseball thing. And I never understood it. And now that I'm like watching it, I'm oh my God, he threw a slot. Oh my God. What's he going to throw? What's he going to, and it's, and it's like, wow, like this is really interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's sort of hard for me to think about like, you know, who they're, they're, they're actually looking at now, just, you know, you know, because I'm so into the NFL right now. So I just like, you know, once that was over, I'm like, okay, I'll start to think about that <laughs> next year. You know, I'm very single focused when I'm, you know, for the, uh, the for the NFL season. I have a, a good friend from Pittsburgh and he was with me for the Eagles Steelers game uh, Halloween weekend. Oh, and yeah. that was the Phillies were just about to come home to for to play in the World Series. And yeah. we I mean, we beat the shit out of the Steelers in that game, if I remember correctly. Um, <laughs> so about the third quarter, I'm just standing there and he was like, I am just like a little annoyed with you because you're just so happy. Like you're just radiating like happy, like your team's undefeated, your other team's going to the World Series. And yeah. um, you know, I was just like, yeah, you know, I mean, this is a nice, it's finally a nice time to be a Philadelphia yeah. fan. I don't think I've ever yeah. said that in my life. <laughs> like, and, and I know. Right. And then we also had the, the union, the union also, they, they were doing all that was an awesome game. Oh, yeah. What a game that was. Yeah. I love the union. Yeah. I know. I want it like I wanted it for them so badly because I was I like, some, one of them and has to win. won that too. It was oh, heartbreaking, <laughs> heartbreaking loss. Yeah. Heartbreak. Well, let's not talk about the Flyers, uh, at least, <laughs> at least right about, now. Um, <laughs> I'll talk about the Flyers. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, let, let's move back for a moment. Uh, uh, Gab and I were talking about the effect that the pandemic has had on your industry and you know, I keep reading that uh, foot traffic is uh, coming back in Center City and people are coming back to work. Um, you know, how, how is it going as far as uh, your places of business in, in the city? It's going really well. I mean, I don't know if like, you know, foot, foot traffic is coming back. I don't know if the city is, you know, like, you know, you know, I mean, it's very hard because we like read about all this kind of stuff how like everything's horrible right now and you know everything you know with with inflation and everything and yes things are obviously certainly more more expensive and you know all that stuff food's more expensive labor's more expensive you know we're struggling to you know sort of make the offset for that with like you know higher numbers and but the restaurants are mob folks are eating out okay. folks are spending money um, so that's not an issue. It's you just need more seats, you know, to make that, um, you know, and the folks, I don't think really understand that, you know, 
now you really have to fill the seats more mm -hmm. and you have to figure out ways to add to add seats you know we're we're fighting now to be able to you know hold on to the outside area you know over at fiorella uh, where this you know the city's you know just saying you know there's all these new like rules you can have them this this large and no overhangs and, all, and it's just really making it super hard for us where you know we could lose that whole the outside you know and that's 35 seats you know and like that would slaughter us but you know you know they just look at as look at it as like well you know you didn't have that earlier you know you open up the restaurant so you didn't think you were going to have it so you don't need it but you know but the virus you know sort of switched a lot of things for a lot of industries and and you know there's a there's a there's a new sort of uh, methodology now to, to to basically running a restaurant and not the same because everything's more expensive you know so we have to you know figuring that out and you know this, this the city just you know sort of makes that you know harder for you you know and then and there is more than there actually was but there's like still no like lunch business you know folks aren't at the office monday to friday maybe they're doing three days a week maybe they're doing less they're not in the offices you know so center city area where you know the the office area where there's all the the high rises and that's just not what it was and i don't know that it will, will, will ever come back you know yeah. so and i don't understand the notion of like staying home it's just nothing like i don't know why you would want to go to work honestly it's just not sitting at home look on your your laptop you just you just i mean you you're missing out i think the interaction just the you know there's just no substituting that i think when you uh, go out to eat mm -hmm. where do you like to go do you have what are some of your favorite places in town or uh, I mean, in suburbs so uh, many of them um you know obviously i love you know uh michael salamanov's uh zahav um i love vernick for vernick fish i love all these little you know little smaller spots you know that are i mean around like do you ever come over to the bridge you ever come over to yeah. south Jersey? yeah you have a favorite over here that's, that's where i am now i'm just curious zeppoli zeppoli okay yeah. yeah yeah he's awesome you know he used to work for me and he has some some amazing restaurants over there and then there's also you know was, you know restaurants like um hearthside and uh i mean there's just Tons of good restaurants everywhere. It's just sort of all, you know, you have to figure out what, you know, you're in the mood for that that evening. And, uh, you know, there's there's awesome sushi restaurants. There's awesome uh, Mexican restaurants. There's 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 everything now. It's it's nice, you know, to have the uh, the options. Do you uh, do you ever socialize with some of the other restaurant tours in, in the area? Sure, we all know each other. Yeah. You know, when when you're out. not soaping Stephen Sars windows in, on, on uh, Mischief Night, I mean, do you get together yeah. and break bread? <laughs> sure. Stephen's a good guy. We're actually really, really good, really good friends. And uh, yeah, we're all friends. This is not a, you know, we all like, you know, like each other. Do you talk shop when you get together uh, on those? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, more of it's like, more of it's like, you know, Lately, more of it's like you know, figuring out the new laws, whining about uh, <laughs> the city a little bit. But um, yeah, it's, you know, same as anybody else. 
nobody kvetches quite like uh, people who do the same thing for a living. When they exactly, exactly. Oh my God, do you believe the new rule? Oh my God, it's ridiculous. How are we going to do this? Mark, I want to say it's been a real pleasure and a real, uh, really cool to be able to talk to you. Thank you so much. On our podcast. And we thank you so much for doing this. You know, I just love what you said about your philosophy about creating a memory. And you know, that seems like such a simple thing. It seems like almost everyone who does what you do should have that in their mind, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. Not always the case. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really, really understand why, because it's just, yeah, it's just very simple and it's, and it's real. And, and it's, I think the way, you know, you ought to think about your work. Not everybody does. And we also commend you and your partner on the, your, your work with the uh, community partnership, the Vetri Community Partnership, the nonprofit, you know, educating people on nutrition and how to eat well without putting ketchup on broccoli. I without think putting ketchup on broccoli. Very important, a very important factor to uh, <laughs> separate out. Well, the next time I go to uh, Vetri Cucina, if I order broccoli, I'm going to- I'm going to, dude, I'm loading up the Heinz on that for you. <laughs> loading it up. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for taking the thank time. Thank you guys so much. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Love talking to him. Uh, Mark Betchery is, uh, you know, I have so much respect for the talent that he has. Not, not just the talent for cooking, but the talent that he has as a businessman and being able to put together successful enterprises and uh, do the community good and, and the country good as well with his community partnership, the nonprofit that he has with that goal of nutrition education for kids. And also his philosophy for, you know, when you walk into one of his establishments, he wants it to be memorable, you know? So and I don't know how many times it's happened to you, but we've gone out to eat somewhere where we thought was really special for a special occasion. And, you know, either you get the bums rush which happens a lot, you know, or it doesn't quite come up to what you thought it would be. And uh, both of those things are certainly untrue with, uh, with Mark Betry and his people. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's really great that he is as big as he is and he still runs his businesses and his restaurants with the philosophy of, you know, we're making memories and all these special, like, smaller details that people could potentially overlook in that type of situation he wants to make sure is special I mean it was I think super cool that you were able to tell him you ate in one of his restaurants what 20 years ago 25 years ago and you still remember it and how like cool he thought that was so I think you know he's a great guy we covered a ton in that interview from you know learning to cook to opening up these well-known restaurants and how well-known he is for the certain type of food that he makes to the ways he gives back to Philly to how he's just a guy from Philly. Like we even talk sports at the end there, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised though that he, he was, he's only a recent Phillies fan. You know, I, it's just, how does that happen? You know, I mean, I understand everybody in Philly, almost everybody is an Eagles fan. Almost everybody. It's just a given. And I thought that, you know, the Phillies had, they, they kind of faded over recent seasons for obvious reasons with the fan base, but uh, boy, they came on, they came back strong ever since Bryce signed with them a few years ago. It just seems that, the, you know, the outlook has been uh, up and up and up. So I'm just surprised that he's a recent convert 
to uh, Philadelphia baseball. So, but obviously he timed that pretty well. He missed all the crap that proceeded. <laughs> no, he sat through two to three years of crap, which to be fair is not as much crap maybe as the rest of us have sat through. Because we were looking at like eight years of crap before that. <laughs> Also, before Bryce Harper joined the team, like, honestly, there was some guys that were fun to root for, but those teams were unlikable. And I say this as someone that's been going to games since I was six months old. Those teams were unlikable. So I'm very impressed that he's picked it up over the last two or three years because there were times where I was just like, why is this person on the team? Do I need to root for them? Why do they infuriate me every day between March and September? Because they were never making it to October. But he did get on, you know, just in time to be cheering on the team this year, which was infuriating in the beginning, but then a lot of fun after that. I'm really still processing what's happened to the Phillies over the last six weeks. Very propitious of you, Mark. Uh, By the way, Eight Years of Crap is the name of my next album. So... (laughs) (laughs) So So speaking of the Phillies, we had a, we asked Mark a question in our interview and we finally had a piece of news drop about Philadelphia sports that landed right in between the time that we do our final recording of the week. And when we asked the question of the person that we had on, which was, were the Phillies going to get Trey Turner? And guess what? They did. Yep. (laughs) Yesterday afternoon, the word came down and spread like wildfire and uh, wow, this you know, 11 years, $300 million. He'll be 41. He's 29. Now he'll be 41. The last year of this contract, 41, a 41 year old shortstop. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but you know, that's for down the road to worry about right now. uh, We can, I would think get at least five, six good years out of this guy in the shortstop position. Don't you think? Yeah. And a lot of people were saying that, you know, if, for some reason, his speed or skill decreased, they could move him over to second base because, you know, there's a lot of transferable skills there, I would say. But also my thing to those people is who gives a shit about the year 2032? Just be happy that we got this to happen. Oh my God, look at our team. People were tweeting out the lineup yesterday. And I was like, can baseball season start right now? Like I I'm as I forgot for momentarily that like the Phillies didn't win the world series because I'm just feeling as excited as I was like when they were going on that journey back in October. And I know like it's been hard with the news about Bryce Harper getting Tommy John surgery, but this is such a, like a fun uplifting thing. Like we have two players now who have basically committed themselves to the Phillies who picked to go to Philadelphia. There was reports today that Trey Turner was offered a lot more money to go to the Padres and he left it on the table and chose Philly instead. And you know, like it's two really fun guys to watch. It's going to be really great and exciting to be a fan over the next 10 years, just watching these two be fully committed with their no trade clauses. Amen. There are three, uh, as I see it, there are three major reasons why the Phillies sign Trey Turner or, or will sign him. I don't know if it's official yet. It will be very soon, if not already here on this Wednesday. But reason number one, his wife is from Flemington, New Jersey, and ah. she did not like being out there on the West Coast, apparently away from family and friends. So, and he's from Florida. So they're both East Coasters mm-hmm. and they wanted to get back here mm-hmm. in spite of the fact, as you said, that San Diego offered more money. It's still on the West Coast. Last I checked. Mm-hmm. So sure anyway, is. you know, hey, you got to give it a shot, Padres. I understand that entirely. Number two, 
one of his good friends and a guy who he uh, was on the same team with being the Washington Nationals, Bryce Harper wanted this guy in the worst way. And what Bryce wants, Bryce gets <laughs> as far as the Phillies go. And number three, the Phillies were, you know, willing to spend all of that money on this guy. There are other East Coast teams. I'm sure the Mets wanted, wanted him. Uh, they didn't get him. No one else got him but us. There you go. And, and I agree with you. I wish the season could start next week. And I wish that Bryce was ready to go. Can you imagine starting the season with both of them in the lineup? <laughs> now we have to wait until at least, what, July before Bryce gets back in because of his Tommy John surgery. I think Bryce will be back before that. I mean, maybe not a lot before that, maybe like June. But I think Bryce is going to do everything he can to be out there as quickly as he can. So, you know, baseball is, I love baseball. I love watching baseball from the time it starts to the time it ends. But really, if a team can just keep themselves neutral in that first half before the all-star break and then really find their groove and take off in the second half, really magical things can happen. Yep. And we shall see. It won't be long. You know, it seems like it's far away, but it'll get here before we know it. So <laughs> I know Buy your tickets now it's good. There, there are going to be a few sellouts this year that didn't happen uh, in recent memory. So, all right, Gab. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to come back. We've got one more episode to do uh, this year in 2022, our uh, rookie season, <laughs> which is, which has had its ups and downs. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, I think we did okay. What do you think? I think we did okay, too. Uh, any closing thoughts on your end? Uh, thank you to Mark Vetri and welcome to Trey Turner and go Phillies and go Eagles and go Sixers and I guess the Flyers. <laughs> the yeah. Union. The Union. Yeah. <laughs> and the Union. Yeah. Right. And the, well, the Union has a little time off now. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs>